preached the message last week for those that were here on uh, a good for nothing Christian. I've had a lot of people comment on that one. I don't like being called good for nothing. But that ain't the whole idea of it. It wasn't the idea of it. To, but we get that. But I want to piggyback on that message this morning and preach this message from uh, uh, Nehemiah in chapter number 6 on don't come down, Christian. Don't come down. Nehemiah chapter 6 this morning. Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse number 1. Let us stand. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse number 1. Now it came to pass that when Symbolic and Toaz and Geshem the Arabian and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left therein, though at the time I had not set up the doors upon the gates, that Sanballat and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some of one of these villages in the plain of Ono. They thought to do me mischief. And I sent messages unto them, saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot, underline that, underline that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you. Yet they sent unto me four times after the sort, and I answered them all the same manner. Let us pray. Father, we come before you today, Lord. Oh, Lord, we just ask you to speak to our hearts spiritually of what we need, Father. I, I believe this is what we need in the day and the time that we're living today, Lord, uh, uh, that we don't need to come down, Father. We need to stay steady in the work of God, Father. Touch each heart this morning, lift them up in courage, and only you can, Father. Empty me yourself and fill me with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray, amen. The book of uh, Ezra and uh, uh, Nehemiah almost mirror each other. They're set in, in such of a same era and the time frame. Ezra and Nehemiah were uh, contemporaries of each other. They wrote of each other in their, in their books. You read Ezra, he talks about Nehemiah. Read Nehemiah, Nehemiah talks about Ezra. These books are set in the same period. They're coming back from their Babylon captivity. The kings at this time has written a law to send God's people back to their homes and land to be able to rebuild the walls of their city, Jerusalem. The book of Ezra, uh, Ezra is a priest. So he writes it from a, a priest's perspective. But the book of Nehemiah is written from a politician's perspective. The Bible said Nehemiah was the governor. And it is written from his perspective. Both men come at the same conclusion. We get everything we've done except God being the helper this morning. And I'll be honest with you this morning. It seems like most of us that love the Lord come to church, read our Bibles, and are born again, saved by the grace of God. We have come to this conclusion that we can't do nothing without God. Amen. We've gotten to the conclusion in my heart, I've come to the conclusion in my heart, 
that I cannot do nothing without God. And would for it be that our governors and our, our presidents and our elected officials would come to that same inclusion that they could do nothing without God. We need that. They ought to learn that they need the Lord this morning like we've learned that we need the Lord. But Nehemiah is not so. Nehemiah is a man that has gone and got some grit. He had some backbone. His faith and trust is in the Lord this morning. They come back and they begin to build the city walls and they face much of the same problems that you and I face today. Anytime you try to do something in your life for the cause of Christ, and the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, they have come out in captivity. They, uh, they, uh, they have been set free. Uh, and now they're trying to build something uh, to bring the glory to God and bring Him the glory. And immediately as they, soon as they start that, as immediately as they try to do something for God, the adversary shows up. The enemy shows up. Immediately there's an opposition to bring them down, to do anything, trying to bring them back and trying them to stop building up for the glory of God. It's the same way we do. We face, uh, we start doing something, God starts doing something in our life, to, and God starts working our life to uh, bring glory to Him. Then we find the adversaries will come up against us and try to put us down and try to shut us up. And the same things happen here. We ought to bring glory and praise to the honor to God today. I don't care what your situation, station in life is. I don't know, care how long you've been saved or you just got saved or you just got out of captivity or you've been in this thing for 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years. Anybody that tries to build a work for God and do something for the Lord after they get saved you can mark it down. Opposition is coming. The enemy will poke up his head and, and try to get you out of the uh, quit to throw in the towel. And he wants to hinder you this morning and sidetrack you this morning. There will always be a battle in your mind this morning. There will be infirmities in your flesh. There will be besetting sins that you'll have to deal with. There will be marital struggles. There, uh, there will be financial hardships, peer pressures, uh, depression, disappointment, discouragement, divorce, death, diseases. There will always be something that the devil will try to get you discouraged Amen. and sidetracked from doing anything for the glory of God this morning. I, I wish I could tell you that I have never met a Christian who has never stopped doing something for God. A Christian that got saved and started building a work with the hammer of the Word of God. And they start working for God, doing something wonderful in their life. And then all of a sudden, some opposition some hardship came against them and they quit I, I wish I could tell you this morning I have never met one of those but 
I cannot tell you that. I've seen many Christians, they did run well, but something or somebody hindered them and they fell by the wayside. I've seen preachers who preached the gospel who were on fire for God and something happened and now they're out in the world not serving God. It doesn't take but one disappointment. It doesn't take one discouragement that come against you if you're not rooted and grounded in the Lord Jesus Christ that will sway you to give up, throw in a towel, and walk away. I've seen them come out the gates running the race real fast. The heads uh, uh, down towards the ground making waves going out there, going after it. They got the hearts in the right place. And all of a sudden they start looking up and putting their nose in the air thinking they're better than everybody else. And if you're looking up and got your nose up in the air and you're not seeing where you're going, you're going to trip and fall. The devil is always going to put something out there to trip you up. He wants you to fall. He don't want you to bring glory for the God. He don't want you to bring praises to God. The devil will throw something in your path this morning to trip you up this morning. They have decided they're not going to follow God anymore. They go back to their old life. Can I say this morning... This sprint is a marathon. There are going to be hurdles that you're going to have to jump over. And there will be obstacles in your path that you're going to have to avoid. There are going to be all sorts of troubles and trials that's going to come in your life. And they're going to try to hinder you from making glory and honor to God. But you better go ahead and settle it. Right now, settle in your heart. It may not be an easy road, but it's a road that I'm willing to go down. It's a road that I'm willing to walk down. I am not quitting. I'm not looking back. It's the only way I know. It may not be fun. It may not be popular. I'm not throwing a towel. I'm going to keep my head down, and I'm going forward for God this morning. I'm not quitting. I just love what old Nehemiah tells these people that tries to get him to come down. Come down off of that wall that you're building for God. Come down from giving God the glory. Come down from giving God a place. Nehemiah, won't you come down? In verse 3, the three of them are pictures of the world, pictures of the flesh, pictures of the devil. And what he says, and, and I sent a message unto them saying, I am doing a great work. God, God is doing a great work. God, God is doing a great work in the church. Uh, God is doing a great work in our lives. Uh, uh, God is doing a great work so that I cannot come down. 
I love the fact he did not say, I can't come down or I won't come down. He said, it's not even an option to me come off this wall. I just can't do it. We have built too much. We've come too far. We've labored too hard. We have crossed too many rivers, over too many mountains, walked through too many valleys, fought too many battles. No, I ain't coming down. Preaching on this thought this morning. Christian, don't come down. Don't throw the towel in. Don't walk away. Keep going for God. But you need to be sure in your heart this morning. You need to be sure in your heart this morning that you're not coming down. You're not dropping away from the work of God. Maybe you're sitting here this morning, you're facing it already, of course, and start slipping. Start sliding. Maybe you're ready to throw the towel in this morning. Make up your mind this morning. You're not going to get sidetracked. You're not going to back off the wall. You're not going to do anything but keep going forth. If you are sliding away, if you are slipping away, you need to make your mind up that you're going to get back on that wall. You're going to get back in the battle. You're going to get back in the war just for God's sake. Amen. Christian, don't come down off of that wall because the work you're doing is to glorify God this morning. We've got too many Christians that are casualties in this war today. But you're going to have to pick up your Bible, get back in your prayer closet, get back in the house of God and around God's people. Get back to living for God. Says you don't do something that's getting off the wall this morning. I, I want to bring glory to God this morning. I want to use this book of Jeremiah, Nehemiah. Give you three things why the devil tries you to get you off this wall this morning. And he was going to try it. First, there's an alluring lurement to come down from the wall. Look at, look at the attractions to come down in verse number 2. That Sanballat and Geshem sent unto me saying, Come, come. See how positive that is? That don't sound no bad. That don't look too bad. Come, come. Let us meet. Let us meet. Let's meet together. We just want to talk. That's how the devil starts out. He says, hey, come on over here. Let's, let's just talk about it. Let's talk about it in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. Now, can I be honest with you? When I read that, that jumped out at me. Why would I go to talk to anybody in a village called Ono? Oh, no. Oh, no. It don't even sound right. Hey, come on, let's go. We, you already said, where are we going? Oh, no. You really believe it? Oh, no. It's trouble. And he said, let's go to Oh, no. I'm sh- listen, I'm sure in chapter 3, when you lead to chapter 3, that Nehemiah is tired. I'm sure he is wore out. 
a breather, a little rest would be a blessing to him this morning. What a blessing it would be if he could come down and get off his feet for a while and sit down for a while and not have to worry about anything, not have to worry about the trouble, not have to worry about the wall. You hear me what I'm saying this morning? I realize there's some times living for God. Listen, I realize there's some times living for God. You get tired. You get wore out. And you look at other people and say, I wish I could live like them. I wish I could be just like them. The devil will throw an allurement your way. He's already thrown something. Now you start wishing you was just like them. And he would say, why don't you just come down? Take it easy for a while. I've had people say, well, we're taking a break from God. We're taking a break from church. I love it. We decided we don't want to sing anymore right now. I love people telling me that stuff. What's, what's going to happen to you if God says, hey, yo, y'all, I'm taking a break from y'all. You up to your own self. You're going to have to live your own self. You've got to do your own self. What if, what if God says, I'm taking a break from you? It's not a big deal for you to come off of that wall. It's not a big deal for you to lay out at church and take a rest a little about it. Hey, it, it's not a big deal for you to come to this party. Oh, Lord, here it comes. It's not a big deal if you come over here. Oh, everybody's going to party. It's not a big deal if you take a little drink over here because everybody's drinking. I mean, I know some churches say that's okay. Amen. No, it ain't. He said, it's not a big deal to come over here. Everybody's doing it. Come on down. There's an allurement to bring him off the wall. He baits that trap. Doesn't that look real good? Doesn't, doesn't that look real good? You could do all the things. I'm wore out. I'm tired. I'm torn up from the floor up. I, I'm through with it. I've been working hard. And I think I'm just going to get off this wall and take a little time for myself. The devil has baited his trap. The only problem with that is the devil hasn't showed you the hook that's in that bait. And once you bite that bait, that hook is set and he starts reeling you in. Amen. Don't come off that wall, Christian. You better be careful what you fall for. Like I said, if there is bait... There is a hook. And the devil will never show you the hook. He'll never show you. All he shows you what looks good, what looks okay, what looks all right. Until you bit into it. And it's too late. He's got you. You don't got it no more. There, there's nothing worse to see a Christian fall to the devil's traps in his bait. 
When you know that it's no good from the very beginning, you know it's no good. The devil hooks a lot of Christians every year and pulls them into his lifestyles. I say don't come down for something that looks alluring in passing. It may look good now. It may feel right now, but it's not. Hang on to what you know that still works this morning. That's God. We see where Geshem and Elijah, the servant, is a servant. He fell off his wall for something that was alluring. He wanted money. We, see, we, we find that Judas, the Bible said Judas was transgression fell into Acts 1. Judas ran wild for a while. When Judas was an was a, 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 a apostle. Judas was a disciple. He'd done miracles. He'd done great things. But he, he fell for a luring thing and got off his wall. We found David fell off the wall. Thank God he got back on it when he looked at Bathsheba. We find that the Bible said that Demas has forsaken me having loved this present world. Paul's own friend, he worked with Saul, he served with Paul. I'm saying don't come down for something that is alluring this morning. It may look, it may say, well, I, I'm taking a break, I'm going to take a rest. That can cost you. Let me tell you what the devil is using today for alluring. This ain't one of his messages you want to jump out and shout, amen? We see him pop up everywhere around here nowadays. The devil will use a church to allure people away from God. What? Yeah, you better believe it. You go to some of these churches, and I and I don't I, I, I don't say it in the Bible. The Bible says you ought to present your best before God. That means your best the best I got is a suit. I better present it before God. But if the best I've got is cut off shorts and a cut off t shirt, I can't argue. But I've seen preachers come out with blue jeans on, tank tops on, smoke scream light show. Rock and roll music going on. God is everything. God loves you. And I love you. See, the devil will use a church to allure people away from God. And you don't think, the Bible says the devil has ministers himself. Amen. He said, marvel not, the, the devil himself is a minister of righteousness. Hey. But the devil uses those things. You need to be careful what you seek your teeth into. It may look good right now. It may not look like it's bad. It may not look like it's a, a sin. It may not. But let me just tell you, the end results of it there is sin and death and hell. You better be careful what you bite into. It will lure you away from the house of God. It will get you down from the wall. Amen. Listen to me, child of God. The devil has in his mind this alluring thing that casts you away. Gold in his, in his mind, he wants you to uh, be mischief in your life. 
He wants to ruin your life and take you down so that he can sit back and laugh. <laughs> I got another one. I got another family. There's something, always something out there that looks good that will attract you to where you turn your Bible in, quit on God. Can I say this? There's nothing worthwhile what God has given up for you and I. There's always something out there that the devil has got. His aim, he's got you right in his crosshairs. He wants to take you down out of church. Take you out of your Bible. Get you out from where God's people are at. And can I say this? Watch what happens in Nehemiah. If he comes down, it's not just about Nehemiah if Nehemiah comes down. It's not just about you and I if we come down. Look at chapter 3. Turn back a couple of pages, chapter 3. Look at chapter 3. Watch what the devil is after. He's not just after you and I. He's not just after uh, uh, you and me. Verse number 3, But the fish gate of the, did the sons of Hashanah built. Get that? The sons of Hashanah. Go down to verse 12. And the next unto him required Shalem, the son of Heliship, and the ruler of the half of the part, and his daughters. You see what the devil is after? You see what the devil sees? It's just not mamas and daddies on the wall. It's not just grandma and grandpa's on the wall. And the devil is after your children this morning. Your grandchildren this morning. You better stay on that wall this morning. There's some people watching you. And it, look, if you get off that wall, you walk away from church, you side I'm through with it, you close your Bible, you better believe your children are going to follow after you. Amen. Praise God. Time we get some Christians with backbone. Maybe they might be old enough and seen the blessings and the hand of God in their life to say, you know what? I'm not coming down. Mama may go and daddy may go. I'm not coming down. But let me tell you what. Them young ones haven't been around, haven't seen or felt the blessings of God in their life. And mom and daddy decided to get off that wall. The devil's got them. That's what he's after. He knows if he gets you, he's got them. You better be careful what you bite into. You better be careful what you find that's alluring in this world. I, I, I understand. Don't, don't get me wrong. I get wore out in church too. I get tired of church too. I get tired of preaching. I really do. Why do you think I try to get preachers to come in here? So I sat back. Oh, whew, thank you, Lord. I, I, I said, Lord, 
I'm tired. I'm wore out. It really looks good to be out on a golf course this morning. A bright sunny morning on Sunday morning. Nobody's out there because everybody's in church. I could be out there by myself. It really looks good. What I do? Get up and put my suit on. Here I come. Open the door of God's house. Good to be here. God can snap it just like that. What's alluring you? What, what's attracting you to stop get, and, and just turn your Bible in and, and stop going to your prayer closet? What's alluring you to get back there? Amen. The devil cannot get you off the wall if you have just made your mind up. That you're going to stay on that wall. If he can't get you off the wall with allurements, watch what else he uses. He'll try to get you off the wall with accusations. Look at verse number 5, chapter 6. Then Sanballat, his servant, said unto me in the like manner, the fifth time with an open letter in his hand, Wherein was written, it is reported among the heathens, and Geshem said that thou and the Jews think to rebel, for which cause thou buildest the wall, that thou mayest be their king. According to these words, and thou hast also appointed prophets to preach to these at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah. And now shall it be reported that King, according to his words, come now, therefore let us take counsel together. If he couldn't get him with allurement, he sends all kinds of accusations out against him. Verse number 8, Then I sent unto him, saying, There is no such thing done as thou sayest. You're a liar. But thou framest them out of their own heart. He says, you, you created this junk out of your own heart. He can't get him to come down by tempting him with a better life, a better offer. So now he's going to say, this is the only reason you can't, you be, you're out there is because you're better than the rest of us. You want to be king. You're holier than I am. And he said, it has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with that. I cannot come down. He says, I know what happens if I come down. It has nothing to do with you and me. It has to do with me and the Lord this morning. Everything you do and everything I do has to do with the Lord. If the devil can't get you to come down by luring some things at you, throwing that, that new boat out there, that new car, that new home, if he can't allure you from that, he will get people to start accusing you, telling lies about you. Well, how do you know that? Duh. <laughs> 
I've been lied about, been drugged through the mud, been told all kinds of things. I've I, I had people stand up in a church and, and accuse me of things and said things about me. I said, Amen. the Lord knoweth. Amen. The Lord knoweth. Amen. If they want, they want to accuse you. They try to get you sidetracked by accusing you. If you start, but let, let me tell you all this. If you allow some lie to get up in your mind and start doubting yourself and you know it's a lie, the next thing you know, you're going to walk out the door. I ain't going back. I've had people say, I ain't coming back at church. Why? Well, they said, no, ain't nobody said nothing about you. Ain't nobody said anything about you. It's just what you believed. The devil's going to throw some people at you to accuse you of all kinds of things. Amen. He will do that. Accusion, the accusations. They want to talk bad about me. He said, if they want to talk bad, I will give them something to talk about. I'll just come down. Listen, if getting out of church proves your point, you're wrong. If they accuse you of things and you say, well, I'll just stop going to church. I'll get off that wall. I'll stop reading my Bible. What good have you done? But can I tell you this? Just stay on the wall. And after, just stay on the wall because after a while, somewhere down the road, they're watching your testimony. And they say, you know what? What them people said about them must have been a lie. They're living for God. They haven't come down. They're still in church. They're still reading the Bible. They're still walking for God. They haven't thrown the towel in. Don't come down this morning. There's an answer not to come down. Look back at verse number 3 in chapter 6. And I sent messengers unto them saying, I am doing great work. God is doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? Look at the answer that he gives. It's clear and concise. No, sir, I cannot come down. I am 100% all in doing what the Lord wants me to do. Are you 100% all in where you at this morning? Do you see what the people always want you to do? They want you to come down on their level. If the people that you if the people that you hang around with, and I don't care if they're family members, co-workers, best of friends, or even church members, and every time you're around them, they seem to pull you down. And you feel like that you need to go to the altar and repent. Can I tell you this? 
Drop those people from your life. Keep them at an arm's distance. Pray for them, but stop hanging around them. Because after a while, it becomes your fault. It becomes your fault. If you allow them to do that, if you allow them to keep drawing you down, pulling you down to their level, after a while, it's your fault, not theirs. And the only way that you can stop them getting to their level is to stay on the wall. Stay in the work of God. Keep God giving God the praise and glory. Amen. That's what you need to do this morning. Make your answer clear. Make it certain. Draw the line in the sand like Schwarzkopf did. Say, hey, right here is the line. And this is a line that I will not cross over. Can I say this? Schwarzkopf drew a line in the sand and says, you know what? You cannot come past this land. Sign. And I like that. I like that. And Christians, you need to draw a line too. <laughs> I am not going past this line. Not going past this line. Can't do it. Can't do it. If we allow the devil to allure us, cross over that line. And, and, let, me t- let, me, let me give you this one. We should live our life and our testimony should live our life that others should tell others about your life. Amen. Y'all get what I'm saying? My testimony should be when the world sees, uh, hears me and my friends see my testimony, they said, hey, don't ask them to go to the party. He ain't going to the party. Don't ask them to go and drink. He ain't going because every time we ask them, they say, hey, I can't go there. I can't do that. He ain't going, so don't even ask them. Hey, uh, I ain't going over and smoke no dope. I'm not going over and take a drink. I'm not going to party. Hey, ladies, won't you come on and do this? Wear your skirts up here like that. I cannot do it. Your testimony ought to speak for yourself to others by others. People that know you should say, hey, don't, don't even bother going over and asking them that. I know them. They're li- they're, they, they ain't going there. We've asked, we asked, and they say, mm, let me show you all something. This is good. This is good. The answer was concise. Chapter 6, verse 4. They sent unto me four times, after the sort, and I answered them after this manner. Look, look at chapter number two. Go to chapter number two right quick. Chapter number two. Man, I'm telling you, I'm almost finished. Chapter number two, verse 17. Let's start with verse 17. Then said I unto them, You see the distress that we are in. How Jerusalem lieth in waste, and how the gates there are are burnt, and the fire and come, and let us build up the walls of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. Verse 18, Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was upon me. Here's why the answer was clear. Here's why they come down. They didn't come down. You know why they didn't come down? He said, I can't come down. 
Because God has been too good to me. God is better to me than I deserve. How could I betray Him? How could I forsake Him? How come I can come down? Same reason why my Savior didn't come down from the cross. After they beat Him and whipped Him, plucked His beard, spit on Him, spat on Him. The same reason He didn't come down off the cross. The same reason I cannot come down off the wall. And what He did for me, at least I can do for Him, is stay on the wall. Stay where God has put me at. You know, I find the Christians like to find churches here. Jump, we call them church hoppers. They ought to name a church, church hopper. They go here, they go there. They just never find happen. You know what? You know the reason why people keep going from one church to another church? I'm just going to lay it to you on the line. If y'all planning on leaving, you know. <laughs> the reason why people jump from one church to another church? Because they're not in the Lord. They're not in the Lord. They're not serving God. They're just looking for somebody to please their flesh. That's all they're doing. If God has planted you in a church, that's where God planted you. It might not be the best. It might not be the biggest. It might not be the shoutiest. It might not be the amenest. But this is where God planted you. This is where God planted you. You ain't got the best, well, you have got the best looking preacher. But you ain't got the best preacher. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to say that. Say that. But that's the reason why. He says, I cannot come down for what God has done for me and where he's placed me at. I'm just going to be faithful. I'm just going to be true. I'm staying right where he planted me at. So how can I come down? Seeing that God has been too good to me. Listen to this. Every time you come off that wall, you know what you're saying? God, you ain't done good enough for me today. Every time you get off that wall, you're saying, God, you ain't done nothing good for me to stay here. Amen? Exactly what you said, telling God. God hasn't been good enough. Let me tell you what. God has been good enough all the time for us. He's been good enough for us all the time. We should give him the praise and glory. Their answer were four times. Won't you come down, fellowship? I cannot. Won't you come down and rest? I cannot. Won't you come down and, and take your feet up? I cannot. Four times he sent a message to him. And the answer was the same every time. When you start living that life in this world, the world's going to see that, hey, you're a child of God, and the answer's going to be the same today and tomorrow and forever. I'm not coming down. I'm staying true. I'm not walking away. I'm going to stay on the wall. I'm going to stay in my Bible. I'm going to stay in my prayer closet. I'm going to be around God's people. I'm going to God's house. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to give Him the glory. I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to stand and shout all men. I don't care who looks at me. Amen. World War II. I'm about done, I promise. I want you to read this story. You can go home and find it. His name was Hiro 
Onada. Hiro Onada. H-I-R-R-O-O-O-N-O-A-D-A. Something like that. Something like Hiro Onada is his name. He's a Japanese soldier in World War II. He studied guerrilla warfare. He was a second lieutenant. And they was having problems in the Philippines. Since he studied guerrilla warfare, they said, Hero, go be our hero. And they sent him to the Philippines Islands. Well, he got pushed to a smaller island because the uh, occupation started coming in. Thirty years. Thirty years. This man stayed in the island and fought for 30 years. He was not giving up. He was given a command. He was given an order, go there and fight. And since he knew how to guerrilla war fight and he knew all these things, him and his men, and most of them had died out, but him and his men for 30 years fought the battle that was over. The battle was over. The war was over. After they dropped the bombs, the battle was over. The Americans knew about him. They knew he was there. And they would drop their leaflets and say, Hey, the war is over. People yell out on microphones. They walk through the jungle and say, The war is over. But he would not believe him because he thought it was a ruse to get him come out, be captured. And for 30 years, this man and what men was left stayed on this island fighting for war that was over. Now, ain't that a testament Amen. to a Christian today? Amen. You know what got him out? He just died in 2014. He was 92 years old. You know what got him out of that jungle? I, you got to love this. They had to go and, and luckily this was, they had to go and find the commander, the major that gave him the order to go to the Philippines. If that man had died, that man would still be there. But they had to go to get the commander that gave him the order. And they took him there and they took him to the island. And he walked through the island calling his name out. And finally he came out and he saw him. He says, hero, the war is over. You can come home. You can come home. 1974, they take this boy home. Amen. Wouldn't that be a testimony for every Christian? I'm staying faithful. I'm going to stay on the wall. I'm not coming down. I'm going to be what God has called me because my commander, my commander has given me orders to stay on that wall. I'm not coming down to what? My commander tells me, come home. Come home. Come home. We're losing too many by the wayside because they don't know who the commander is. They know what church is. They know what church people is. They know what the Bible is. But they don't know who the commander is. Listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm through. Listen, to be honest with you, you and I would have thrown a towel in a long time ago. Amen. 
I was raised in church, born in church. If you're doing him yourself, you would have thrown a towel in a long time ago. If you're trying to do it in your ability, you would have thrown a towel in a long time ago. We realize it's not my ability, not my strength. Just like Nehemiah realized. It wasn't his ability, it wasn't his strength that kept him on that wall. It was God's strength. It's God's ability that keeps you where you're at. Because to be honest with you, we are flesh, we're humans, we'll throw the towel anytime. We get dis- disappointed, we get discouraged, get upset, get mad. I say the wrong thing, you're out the door, don't see you no more. Amen. But it's God's ability that keeps you where God has placed you. Amen. We might be small. And I love that. I don't want a 2,000 people church. I like being small. God is faithful in the small things. (laughs) Just as he is in the big things. God is still God. We just got to be faithful in all things towards God. Don't come off the wall. Don't come down. Don't throw the tile in. Don't give up. I, I know it's tiresome. I know you get wore out. I do too. But just hang in there. The commander is coming. <laughs> we, sent, we sent word out. And, and the commander is saying, the battle is over. Come home. Come home. The battle is over. What a day that's going to be. What a day that's going to be.